We want to say shout out to our sponsors, Watchman Cigars, 1812 Barbecue, and Blue Collar Cycle Shop, and Hook, Line, and Heroes. Without you, this episode would not be possible. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's our take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. And you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Blue Collar Cycle Studio right here in beautiful Concord, North Carolina. We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to the starting lineup. To my left, your right, running the controls, is producer Brian. Hey, guys. Now you hear him, now you don't. It is Magic Man running video. Greetings, podcast listeners. <laughs> I, of course, be your host, Biggin, and across the way is the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's honorable mention heavyweight fighter of the year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old Mike number one. It's Mojo! Yo, yo, yo. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, you can find us on uh, interwebs at uh, southernfryphilosophy.com. We just recently updated the website, or I should say we. I had no part in it. We all chipped in. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you, Thanks, you have, right there on our opening page in the mobile site, you have our playable links there. You can uh, just open up a separate tab between uh, Pornhub and your work queue. Whoa. And then um, Southern Fry Philosophy. <laughs> 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 so that way you can flip over, you know, that way you look, you know. Um, Don't do that, please. But anyway, you can listen to us there. Yeah, here are show notes. <laughs> show notes there on our, our, our website. <laughs> well, I, I can kind of give you a, a tactile answer on how to do this. But anyway, um, you can also find us on um, the Facebooks at uh, facebook.com. Just go to Southern Five Philosophy. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know why I said facebook.com, but hey, it, it still works. Um, thanks to all the new page likes we have yeah, here recently. Come on so, with it. Um, yeah. Appreciate you guys uh, in, engaging with us. Um, I think we had a cookie, Girl Scout cookie thing that was pretty interactive. That's <laughs> something stupid I posted. But anyway, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, just go there, hit subscribe. Go, or, first, you got to search Southern Fry Philosophy. You look for our iconic uh, red and yellow uh, logo there. Just hit subscribe. Give us a like, a review. Uh, please review. I, you know, it, even if it's bad, just yeah. review us. There's no such thing as negative publicity but we appreciate that just ask the president <laughs> every day but um you can also check us out on the twitters and instagram sfp radio i think that's pretty much it yeah if you want to be an sfp insider check out our patreon link patreon.com forward slash sfp radio um this week uh, coming up on march the 9th uh, we have got an sfp insiders event only for real this time for real we're not going to cancel it so when is it March 9th? Uh, March 9th. Ugh. It's on your calendar, Mojo. We talked about this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's uh, just for our insiders. You get to go behind the scenes at Commoner's Brewery. Uh, we're going to be, you know, just SFP uncensored. This is where I hide under the table, and Mojo starts using all the cuss words that he wants to, and then we so review. I don't call them cuss words. About, you call them words. I call, I call them old English. <laughs> Speaking of, did you listen to the, the last episode? Which one? The S, where we went to SCM. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Did great, you, uh, it's a great episode, guys. Yeah. But did, did you hear the fact that I reached out to your History of English podcast guy, and he's going to come on the show? Oh, it, is he really? Yeah. You clearly I did. did. No, I, I know. I did listen Busted. to it. I just didn't listen. <laughs> I didn't listen to it all. Okay. All right. Uh, but That's no, it's good. a great. I, actually, the the, the Cy, guys from Psy were it's very interesting how, yeah, and how they're going to try to rebrand, I guess, for North America a little bit here mm-hmm. in America, just trying to get some of the younger hunters and stuff. And yeah. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, Honestly, after listening to it, I'm like, I think we should probably see if we can um, maybe go to see if they'll fly us in on Leon's uh, cigar private jet. Uncle Leon. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we'll just do these live events. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. Do it. Uh, I want to say shout out to our listeners from Washington, D.C., Wichita, and Wilmington. This episode brought to you by the letter W. I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week. Producer Brian, how you doing? I'm good. Um I was reminded of something this evening mm-hmm. that burns my biscuits. Ooh, I say, come on. This is going to be fun to talk about in this room. But uh, <laughs> people that park backwards, like back in the parking oh spaces. Oh, boy. That don't drive a uh, half-ton pickup okay. or more than that pickup. Just like a regular car. <laughs> hey, yeah, guess like a I... Crown Victoria or something. Oh, uh, <laughs> your... Somebody is, is, is pointing somebody out. Send your emails to <laughs> headlines at SFP Radio. No, so here, I've got it right next to me. Actually, just... this is a complete coincidence that I saw your car when I pulled in the parking lot. <laughs> I was at getting dinner tonight, and you know, I'm packed a very full parking lot. I'm mm-hmm. driving behind somebody, and they mm-hmm. stop. Like, okay, oh, and then like, I'm not us. giving them enough space. First of all, well, there's your because I'm hungry. I'm ready to park and get in there and get a taco. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a taco for the record, but uh, back into the space, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Why? I, why? Yeah. Why? why? Okay. He's looking at me. I'm and looking I'll at tell you, you why. As, as okay. a culprit. So, so <laughs> as a short vehicle driver. Actually, I can't say mine's short. Mine's a boat. Yours is not short. It's, 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 I call it grandma. It's grandma key, grandma. Anyways. Okay. I got you. It's a big car. But the reason why I do it is because it's hard when I get SUVs on either side of me or large trucks, it's hard to see when I'm trying to back out. To be able to go, so I plausible. I pull, I back in, and then that way, when I'm pulling out, I can see and I don't cause a wreck. I feel like it's way too much trouble to back into it. I I got it down to right. Just pulling. Okay, let me tell you something. Before I had this car and past cars, I had a 1990 Chevy conversion van. I'd back that sucker up into a parking space like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. I also had a 75 Chevy pickup truck, no power steering, and I could back that thing with one finger. That's the way to do it. It's Getting her done right there. Trouble. Now you have to because you drive the monster truck, right? Um, I have, I have to in a lot of situations just because the way parking lots are designed these days. Yeah. I mean, they just don't give you enough room to true do squat. You, you can true. turn sharper backing up probably than you I can. can. Yeah. I can, you yeah. know, true. and and yeah, it's, and plus also pulling out too. You know, you're you got a wider angle, so it's a yeah. little different. So. Sure. Now, Perpetually I, twelve. Years I will old, tell you, I am con- courteous though. Is that if I see somebody behind me, I'll pull over out of the way, let them go around mm, me before see, I go and back. I need in. more folks like mm. you. Out but there. I also yeah. make a make a huge effort. I don't. I, I will park far out in the parking lot. Yeah, you do. Just that. because um, people, I mean, they they don't care. Yeah, they're going to ding up. And, and of course, my truck's so wide that yeah. I mean, like I fold in the. Mirrors, mirrors yeah. and stuff. I mean, like I, my dad has a similar size I, truck. Yeah, I park. Same I deal. park out. I'm yeah. not pointing out the truck drivers. Leave me alone, okay? Right. It's you know it's everything. Everything else, literally. Yeah. I just I don't. 
it just drives me crazy. And I know there's a certain subset of the population that does this more than others. Oh boy, send your emails. Yeah, you know, to uh, was it? Was it Mojo Ed? Right? Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I think I think it's the complaint department right there. So. Yeah. Hey, um, do you roll coal? No, well, no, I can't do it. Oh, These new okay. diesels, you can't do them. They, mile seven three, you could do it a little yeah. bit. Wait, but what just happened? There's something called uh, rolling coal. Basically, black smoke of a diesel. Like uh, you basically uh, interrupt the map sensor in a, in a vehicle, and where it just dumps a lot of oxygen and diesel into it, and it just it just rolls black smoke out. So that's why they call it rolling coal. So, what's what's the purpose of that? To be a douchebag. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, like me doing burnouts. Got let a rip tater. It's like it's like when you see a guy on a liquor sickle and he's going really slow and taking up the. The traffic, you yeah. Just, there you you just you pump you pump the diesel a couple times and just roll by and black smoke them out. I got a ticket for passing one of those one time. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. what is it? Because it got a moped liquor going to the liquor store. Moped. Literally, oh. literally liquor moped yeah. going to the liquor store. <laughs> well, it's because they got DUIs. And that's the only thing they can that's use. Right. So you don't you don't have to have a license to nah. to drive. No. Nah. Really? No. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. You, you probably some, can even uh, drink and drive on it. <laughs> but you some can get arrested. in your cup holder and get back home. But you can get arrested for riding a tractor. Or a lawnmower. Well, that's different. Mopeds are at least considered some type of travel oh, vehicle gotcha. exception. So, yeah. yeah. George Jones did the lawnmower without any problems. Yeah. That was a country song. Fitting. Uh, Magic Man, now you see me, now you don't. How you be doing? Be doing great. Doing all right. Thank yes, you. Sir. Welcome to come. And also, tell folks kind of what you're doing here on the show. I'll be glad to. So, what we're going to try to do is take this show to the next level yet again. Again. Again, it's always a pursuit of perfection. Have we reached? Have <laughs> we reached the first level? We, level did it. One? we just kept moving right. on. Yeah. <laughs> we're still on level one. No, but what we're going to be doing is, is uh, we're actually going to be uh, recording a video of us doing these recordings, as well as uh, hopefully live streaming. So, you're recording uh, this recording. I, I am recording this recording. Um, I'm noticing that the cameras are doing funky things, as you, big uh, and as you can probably see. Right now. You're yeah. frozen. <laughs> So that's good that's, TV right there. That's good TV right there. That's right. So and then and some of the cameras are coming in like the uh, webcams from the mid two thousands where it's hey, Skinamax. Careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of subscribe. Subscribe to my cam girl subscription. Theme <laughs> 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 to this what show if, for sure. So what far. if we created a cam girl oh, that subscription and we just do the show and just have a plate of biscuit oh. and gravy <laughs> sitting there on camera? Make sure you tape it. Yeah, like a banana. That would be that fantastic. Would be awesome. Let's do it. Mojo, how you be doing? Can I say something and you edit it out? Yeah, let's I just go. Gotta, ahead. I just gotta say, I, I gotta it. say it for impact because sure. I'm sure everyone feels like me. I, I've come to this realization that if you're driving a <laughs> box, you don't know how to drive. Mm. I mean, how many times I've been on an interstate? I'm doing five, ten miles over the speed limit cruise set, yep. and some little <laughs> box comes around me doing ninety miles an hour, no turn signals or nothing, half their oh, fender yeah. flying off. Gotcha. They just drive. There's like a bat out of oh yeah yeah you know raise hell praise Dale I mean I know we're near that but Jesus I mean hell yeah brother and you're like you're like man no wonder you drive one of these because right. y- yeah you're doing 90 miles an hour in a 65 hmm. boop, boop. yeah just it makes me mad yeah. irritates me see on 85 why do you think I drive a Grand Marquis inconspicuous <laughs> right everyone slows down around you right everybody slows down and I just <laughs> I'm gone. The the thing the reverse of that is when you're going 80, and then like there's somebody in the the fast lane going 45. 
Mm. Now that mm. burns my biscuits. That yeah. burns my. That's we're talking charcoal biscuits right there. For yeah, me. I think okay. uh, I can't I think stand it when people. I, go I think on the South Carolina just is trying to pass a bill right now that actually makes that illegal. Ooh, good for there's them. There's states man. that that is illegal. That if if there's nobody in front of you and there's people coming up behind you, you have to get over if you can get over. Well, they in, need to. Uh, I know in Pennsylvania you can't stay in that lane. You're mm-hmm. supposed to stay in the mm-hmm. fast lane. Yeah, understand. I got you, uh, guys. I got an update <clears throat> on my phone this past week. I need your all's help and help me understand what I should do with this situation. Those ninja pillows have finally shipped. Oh, nice. Um, from, 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 from Wuhan. What continent? Yeah, that's a, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I did not know this when I purchased oh. said ninja pillows. But right now, they're in Singapore. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Y'all, what do I do with these things? They're on their way here. I'm pretty sure. You sleep on the back porch for a week. And then you bring them in. I'm sure they're laced with the coronavirus right now. I so, looked, and Wuhan is not too far from where these things are at. What, 5,000 miles, 3,000? Oh, no. They're, they're in China? They're in China. Okay. Yeah, it's it's right next to it. So I literally had the same thing happen. I just bought a new computer. Okay. Configured from Apple, and they shipped it. It's built in China and shipped. Oh, buddy. I intentionally shipped it to the store. So they would open up the box yeah. oh. and get all whatever at the store. And then, you know, because this is the built in like a sealed factory. Like you can't get but the a outside sandwich in those places. It's not. But like the, so the box, You're the right. boxing, the packaging was in. I didn't touch any of it. Some poor soul. At the Are you Apple looking store. to see if there's outbreaks in and, Charlotte? And then, you know, like a week later, the CDC has some stuff on the <laughs> oh, <laughs> some Lord. big meeting. Like, crap, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> Ground zero. <laughs> North Lake Apple Store. Yeah. <laughs> so what do I do with these things? Do I legitimately just leave them on the back porch and just, like, not touch them? Just said wash them. Um, mm. I don't know if they're washable. That's laundromat. But I need to – oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. But I need to, like, read the tag to see if they are washable. Or do I just, like, throw them I think you have a test, trash? guinea pig. All right, Magic Find, find, find somewhere to sleep over. Well, this is your and neighbor then, has an Airbnb. Just throw them in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'll then, never know what happens. What's an incubation of 14 days or something like that? So, you know, if, they, they, if someone comes up sick in two weeks, then, you know, you're... Then you're okay. No, you're not okay. I mean, it's okay for me because I'm not... Yeah. But maybe they got Yeah. Maybe they got it all. Y'all, like, they're in Shanghai. Sorry. Shanghai. I think everything goes through Shanghai. Yeah. But, okay. So, here's, here's the delivery thing. I'm showing you. So, here's the... The purple dot. Everybody right. can see the purple dot. Mm. Wuhan is like right here. Oh, there's, wow. There's like a river between them. There's, you're fine. I'm, Zombies can't cross rivers. So I'm uh, thinking I'm just going to throw them away. <laughs> anyway. How much did you pay for them? $50. For two of them, by the way. Oh. For the I, pair was $50? For two. Okay. I think I'm just going to throw them away. I, I don't know. I wonder man. if there's a way you could apply heat. Like, Lysol? If there's like heat. Oh, wait. That's. Yeah, Lysol. Well, Lysol will kill MRSA. They say their coronavirus is like a MRSA-like It's the virus. 1%? Yeah. Uh, oh, that would be my luck. It's no, the one, no yeah. Lysol kills MRSA. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so Lysol kills okay. almost everything. 99.9%. I wonder what it doesn't kill, but it kills almost everything. Yeah, I don't want that thing. I think that's uh, kind of like the 9 out of 10 doctors type thing. You know? Toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make myself useful and look it up here. All right. Thank you. Um crackpot research team here <laughs> <laughs> gotta make myself useful yeah, there you go um speaking of uh, making yourself useful i sent out a questionnaire to our sfp listeners to say what uh questions do you have for the show ask us anything and 
our top fan from Facebook and just I think our top fan in general said for Big and Mojo and for myself, what is one of your favorite memories of the show so far? So I'm going to throw that out to you guys. Let you guys ponder, think about it for a minute. What is your favorite memory so far of the show? This is where we'll play the, the Jeopardy music. I think it's some of the experiences we've had outside the studio through connections we've made with people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, when I go back to Ireland this year, I get to meet up with Serge again Yeah, from Irish Whiskey Magazine. He was part of the first 100 episodes. Yeah. Um, having countless breaking bread with you guys over some booze and then Leon cigars and um, the inter- all the constant introductions he's, you know, <laughs> he's always doing. I mean, yeah. uh, I think that's probably some of my favorite memories yeah. with that. I mean, favorite episodes, I mean, just obviously self-centered. I think relaying my experience in life, you know, having sure. my nurse, cardiac nurse team on, um, having my donor's mother on things like that selfishly are some of my favorite, favorite moments there too. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I think for me, like one most memorable for me, really the Southern strain show we did oh, yeah. on site. That was just cool. fun. Yeah. I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, it was a lot going on around, around us. It was mm-hmm. just a fun atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, every, every week when we get to hang out and just do the shows, you know, serious or as silly as we can get. I, I just enjoy the, the camaraderie with you guys. Also, just Southern Strain pops out. The Red Hill event that we did kind of pops out. Um, even the SEI event with producer Brian. I think, for me, it was just a really cool experience to feel like we kind of sort of arrived. Because they were they were very um, hospitable to us. They were like, mm-hmm. whatever you guys need, just let us know. We'll get it for you. And so that was kind of like a, for a, a fleeting moment of like, hey, we arrived somewhere. Yeah. I don't know exactly where we're at, but we're here. <laughs> well, that was a good moment. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, uh, I, I, I think as we continue to grow, I think we'll have more and more of these moments. Sure. And hopefully, we never lose yeah. sight of you know of where we've been and where we've come through. I mean, you know this this has come to a lot of time. You know, just uh, we get to hang out. It's great dedication time. But you know, we could be with our families. We could mm-hmm. be doing other things. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think we just keep that in perspective. So yeah, I mean, but. Anytime we get to have an excuse to drink or smoke a cigar, (laughs) it's pretty cool. Yeah. Or you talk about food. I think that's pretty awesome. No doubt. If you're in the market for a high-quality cigar for a very reasonable price, you must check out our friends at Watchman Cigars. Watchman Cigars is a family-owned business that puts the customer first with the best customer service in the business. Watchman Cigars offers the Habano for a full spicy flavor, the Connecticut for a mild, easy-to-smoke option, and the Maduro for a strong, powerful experience. They even do specialty blends and partner with you to provide a custom, exclusive line just for you. Watchman Cigars has all your cigar needs. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Watchman Cigars 1991 or check out his new website at WatchmanCigars.com or the sponsor section of our website. Um, speaking of the SCI event... We, you have, Producer Brian, the word meatloaf. I do. On here. Let's talk about I feel that. like we left things unsettled last week. I, I would agree with I, that. I, and I really <laughs> want your take, Mojo, on uh, meatloaf. Yeah, I, I'm still conf- confused by this whole thing, but I think you did a great representation of, of tearing his whole meatloaf theory 
recipe apart. Right? Sure. So, can you give some background of? Yeah. So last week, if those that did not listen to the SEI event, mm-hmm. uh, we were talking to Uncle Leon in the front half of the show a little bit, um, and some I was talking about keto meatloaf and mm-hmm. how terrible my experience has been so far, and he jumped in talking about hit the way he makes meatloaf, which is just basically vegetables and meat in a cylinder shape i would say (laughs) right baked and Uh my response was that's not meatloaf that's like a hamburger steak Mm -hmm. because i've never i mean it doesn't sound like meatloaf to me no you know at all some sauce or something in there some binder so you know my thought was everyone i think this is one of those foods that everybody does different Mm -hmm. yeah there's no universal there's there's not a this is meatloaf because you can go to even just restaurants and you think, why would I eat meatloaf? Some people, you know, you say meatloaf and it brings up different kinds of memories. Some mm-hmm. people are like, oh, no. You think about like that frozen stuff from the 70s or something. Mm-hmm. Or like my mom made a great meatloaf growing up. And I love it. And I can't make it the way she makes it because it takes three hours to cook and it really took an hour to cook. Mm. I don't understand that. But <laughs> <laughs> same ingredients. Um, medium rare meat mo- meatloaf. Mm, yeah. She used one are pound. You use like 16 pounds of hamburger. Is that the difference? I use less meat too, but I don't know. <laughs> what are you I haven't doing got it right. Anyway, I, I can't get her recipes right, but that's a thing. I think across the spectrum with yeah. passed down sure. stuff. But it's, it's to me, it's like one of those things that kind of define you. It's a defining moment for somebody or you think about what your experience was with meatloaf growing up or if you make one mm-hmm. or you just hear about an interesting one. I don't know. It's a, I could make a whole podcast about meatloaf probably. Oh, what if we did a SFP meatloaf podcast? That would be awesome. How, but so how do you make meatloaf, Mojo? Let's talk about that. Um, I like there's a actually go to your butcher and ask, ask them for a, a meatloaf style grind or chili grind. It's a little thicker grind. grind. Okay. Um, I usually try to use a little bit leaner. Be uh, meat because like my cheeseburgers, hamburgers, things like that. I use like a fatty meat, like mm-hmm. eighty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the uh, meatloaf, I use use like a ninety ten, just because you don't have a lot of grease and shrinkage. Um, well, it like makes a pool in your yeah, pan too. exactly, exactly. Um, a couple of eggs, you know. Um, it, it all depends, man. Like you know, sometimes if you have fancy bread like brioche, then you use that, or um, you can use just standard old white loaf, or you know, I mean, it just all depends. So you, you're putting bread in there, mm-hmm. oh. yeah, as a brought binder. Um, I've used also when I didn't have eggs, I've also used mayonnaise because mayonnaise has egg in it and it mm-hmm. acts as a binder. So I've done that before. Um, I'm not big on a ton of vegetables, but I will use like sautéed onions, mm-hmm. and I will pre-sauté bell peppers because. Bell pepper baked has that kind of taste. It's kind of acidic taste, and it kind of, I don't. Heart, kinda. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a big fan of that. Okay. Um, uh, you got to have some type of barbecue or ketchup inside, just kind of a mm-hmm. that. Or I like using Dijon mustard. It's kind of okay. a different type. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. And then I'll bake it. You know, try to baste it with something creative. Like I, I like making like a teriyaki barbecue. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Okay. Then I, I like I, I like I. I will eat meatloaf. Of course, meatloaf, you have a boatload of leftovers always. So. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I make, if, if I'm going to make effort and make meatloaf, I'm going to have leftovers mm-hmm. intentionally. So, I, you yeah. know, I'll slice it and then the, like the next day I'll slice it up cold mm-hmm. and then I'll grill it up on a cast iron pan Ooh. with some caramelized onions and uh, gravy or whatever. It's Come good. On. Yeah. So uh, a little different. So. Spin. Yeah, no, that sounds delicious. Um, my dad, how he taught me to make it was we diced up the onions mm-hmm. um, and then put the, the meatloaf in a, in a bowl, mm-hmm. put the onions in, 
salt, pepper. Um, for every pound, it's one sleeve of Ritz crackers, mm. just crumbled up. A whole, okay, for a pound. I think I think so. Or you have to like feel the texture, okay, you know, to see if it's too dry or not, whatever. But then we're also adding one egg per pound. Um, ketchup, mustard, Worcestershire. Did I say it? Worcestershire? Close. How do you say it? Worcestershire. 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 No. Worcestershire. Worcestershire, yeah. And then and then this is where we get a little little dicey, guys, is we'll put it in the plant, the pan, press it down. Then I go and I poke holes all around the meatloaf. And then I'll I'll pour, I'm not going to say drizzle, I'm going to pour ketchup on top and then honey on top. Mm. And then then you bake it 350 for I think about an hour. And then boom. Boom. We need a meatloaf potluck. I do like substituting ketchup for the Heinz chili sauce. Have you seen that? That's really good stuff. Yeah. I've recently learned about that. Yeah. I I love making sauces out of the chili sauce. Oh. You have to check it out. It looks like a similar ketchup bottle, glass bottle, but it's a little more richer. Yeah. I make uh, meatballs with that around Mm. Thanksgiving with cranberry sauce and chili sauce. Oh, yeah. Good Mm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. I have to introduce y'all to the flavors of some of the, uh, you know, um, uh, dang it, what do they call it? The hot sauce the, with a rooster on it, uh, Sri Raka. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Sri Raka. Sri Raka. They actually, the same company makes a, several other products. They make a thing called Sambal, Sambal Olik. Oh, yeah. That's phenomenal. That's and also their, their chili garlic paste, too. Phenomenal. So that's a great, like, binder and stuff like that. If you're mm. trying to do something a little different, that's, that's an excellent product. So my last thing on the meatloaf, I actually mm. saw a recipe, which made me want to think about this. It was yeah. Alton Brown. He was, I just happened to catch a video or something. He was talking about, a, he made a smoked meatloaf. Ooh. And the, like, you know, the meat fill or whatever, but he did like a ketchup and a chipotle chilies chopped up in it mm. on the inside, and he basted it with that. But his binder, his, like, dry stuff was mm-hmm. barbecue potato chips. And I was like, okay, mm, okay. that just sounds... Interesting I, to me. I feel like it would, they would get really soggy, though. It probably absorbs in the meat. Yeah, I think they probably. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Then I've also made them with a stovetop as the. Oh yeah. Crackers. Mm. Dress barbecue barbecue sauce in there and like cheddar cheese and yeah. like chicken stovetop or pork stovetop. I think we we legitimately need to make our meatloaves and then and then taste. Meatloaf it. is such such a comfort food, though. It like is. you know, you can have bad meatloaf, but for most time, it's it's edible. You know. Yeah. I mean. And I think it's one of the, uh, it's a very underappreciated dish too, because a lot of restaurants don't even carry it anymore. You know, oh, it's. Yeah. Cause you, you know, you could go spend money at a restaurant. Do you want the meatloaf or like the. Yeah. I, 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 I agree. I mean, it's a yeah. very hearty, heavy dish too. You know, when you dig into it, cause everyone's going to throw in like taters or whatever, some type yep. of mashed stuff in there, but it's such a, it's such a, it makes you feel good. Yeah. It's a warm and fuzzy food. So. I think, we, I think we need to do it. Let's make it happen, Captain. All right. Bring your meatloaves. And if you have meatloaves, please don't send them to the studio for us to taste test them. Oh, we need to put a mail and Meatloaf, a hell of a singer, too. <laughs> I would do anything for love, but I won't do Thank you. I appreciate it. We will now be sued for copyright infringement. I love it. Um, guys, this coronavirus, we were joking about it earlier, but hey, buddy. CDC is now saying 
that it is <laughs> Corona. Oh, I thought that was a pop top. It was a. It was, that's my Corona sound. Oh wow, that's a. You get a can of Corona, right? Do you? Yeah, I you, thought it was all get, bottles. You can get a can. Just don't show it to commercials. Oh, well, how about it? Yeah. Um, guys, like I sent you guys a text. Like CDC saying it's coming. It's not a matter of if or when. And your lives, your lives are going to be completely disrupted by this thing. What are your thoughts? Are we? Do we need to be like go in the bunker and hide now at this point? Do we need to go buy Jim Baker's five years of food? Uh, well, I mean, if Jesus tells you to support Jim Baker, then go for it. <laughs> um, I actually saw an article today, something about um, the way the media blows that out of proportion. No, if you hey, imagine that, imagine. I mean, if you because if you think about it, look what happened. We had Zika virus, SARS, bird pig, flu, pig. Big, whatever it was, regular flu, flu. Pig, yeah. flu, uh, pig swine, and actually the, swine flu. the regular flu has more people sick and has killed more people this year than the coronavirus. Yeah, so well, 2%, you remember no. Ebola? Ebola, Ebola was yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. Zika was definitely huge. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I, do I worry about it right now? No, I because I think it's probably going to eventually burn itself out here, come shortly, just because mm-hmm. the change of seasons. Uh, I, you know, I, I think. Um, I, I'd be kind of curious to, I, I'm, I love my conspiracy rabbit holes I go down. So I, I'd be kind of curious to see if this originated in that level, the only one of China's only level five chemical biohazard warf, warfare, uh, laboratories they have there is actually in Wuhan. So I'd be kind of curious to see if that I heard that out. that was the case. Here's my counter argument to that. If this is a bioweapon that is, is that China is manufacturing to destroy the world. Why is it only killing two percent of the population? Like that is um, the worst. Well, because actually, well, well, two percent is a lot, still a lot of people. It's still a lot. Yeah, I mean, because you, I but think you Spanish Spanish flu eradicated quite a few people. You know, back in the in early nineteen twenties or whatever it was. Um, no, I was, I was I was listening to a uh, a pathologist on a podcast about this, and he said that uh, the way the coronavirus is mapped. Um, this particular coronavirus actually attacks people that are predisposed genetically hmm. um, to certain Ooh. certain syndromes and stuff like that. So um, you ha- that's the reason why it's only affecting so many people gotcha. right now is that it eventually it can mutate and go to other things. Ooh. But oh. but right now it, I, I have to go back and replay this. And but it uh, um, is a, a pathologist out of Houston is talking about how it, it, right now that it, it there's certain genomes and and a certain genetic grouping. That it only affects. So, so maybe the, the disease was designed to wipe out those those specific. It could 2%. be. It could be. And I think you know a lot of times governments are always looking. It's amazing how we have these bio warfare things. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we have people that literally go and try to design the most devastating diseases out in the world to if you wanted to wipe a population out, you can. But then they also try to create the vaccine for it too. Oh. So they try to create the problem and then create a solution. Um, Mm. Yeah, so it, it's it's a little quirky, it, it's a little crazy, but we every I think every major country has has this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not you know mm. America's wholesale provider in this. China obviously has it too. Um, I, but going back to should we fear it right now? I don't think so. There, there's a lot of things at play. I mean, obviously China's taking it serious now, like mm-hmm. really serious. They're closing down their schools, their uh, yeah. uh, quarantine, this and that. You know, you've had some recent contact in Iran, de- deaths in Iran, deaths in Italy. I think they're the first European country that have mm. it. Um, but can it, can it 
flop over and turn into something huge. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, we, I think we have pretty good. We have a pretty good contagion area in here as far as um, um, our, our practices. As far as you know, like, hey, everyone knows to wash their hands. Everyone knows to, you know, use this. Everyone knows that we have antibiotics. I mean, granted, there's probably not a lot of products that help this, but I think we have a great kind of health and safety thing here right now. Are you guys scared at all? No, I'm no. not scared. Magic man. Actually, I got to go to L.A. next week, and um, I'm going to be getting a mask and probably gloves. Ooh. And uh, probably buy some Lysol wipes in sure. the, uh, one of the, the gift shops in the airport. Just because, not necessarily Smart. for the coronavirus, mm-hmm. but the last time I flew, coming back, I caught a bad cold. From well, it. You take the Lysol wipe and you put it inside your mask. Yeah. And then you there you the go. That, there well, you, you go. Then you pass out. Then you pass out <laughs> from the fumes. But I remember one time I was uh, flying, and there was an older couple that was wiping down the seat. And this is a, several years ago, and I was thinking, that is just crazy. Mm. Not anymore. <laughs> it's like, man, they were pretty smart. I do the same thing when I check into a hotel. I wipe <laughs> yeah, down those probably sheets. probably smart, too. Yeah, mm. no doubt. Who knows what's... <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on. Did you guys see well, the... Well, hold on. I would like to just just mark this for kind of history, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the biggest thing I'm afraid of is the stock market. Well, yeah, I was, was going to say that. You you sent us a link earlier in the week about yeah. how the stock market took like dropped big time two thousand points right yeah well I mean just today it dropped twelve hundred points yeah and that's so that's oh, huge. so much of our economy is stemmed from manufacturing in China and if you can't yeah. get your products out you can't meet your number like you know the your guidance and stuff for shareholders right and I mean between that I mean you you may have that's my biggest fear is the economy because right now we've only had we've had 82,000 confirmed cases worldwide of coronavirus you said 82,000 82,000 okay. right now right. as of right now we've only had um no 80 sorry 2800 deaths globally okay okay so that's that's less than 2% of of that number is mm-hmm. where we I think we keep hearing but you got to think at a 7. 2 billion people and we've had 84,000 confirmed cases. I guarantee there's probably in tandem 84,000 people that have the squirts from Krispy Kreme and Taco com- Taco Bell combination at a given time mm. or Krispy Kreme and Chick-fil-A. Mm. But I'm just saying that you know we I think you know it CDC and I think the media has really hyped up things. I think like uh, a few years back when we had the quote unquote measles outbreak mm. ended up being two people <laughs> at Disney World. That There's was the a whooping out- cough. That was the outbreak happening was, now. There's yeah, like two, two people. Yeah. And I mean, you're like, wow, that's. I wouldn't go full blown like, uh, go go get your storable water and Jim Baker, you know, five year pail of food. I mean, that, I I just don't. I don't know. It just it this hype this hyper, uh, this hyper hyper bloodletting that the media does. I just it drives me nuts. I, yeah. I just don't see it. It sounds like a great time to buy stocks. Uh, I think I think yeah I think it's gonna rebound yeah honestly because yeah. everyone's gonna go oh it's after a week or two weeks and when that nothing actually happens here right it's just gonna shoot back up probably, you know what you know? smart smart uh, smart stock tip is probably buying Amazon in any type of delivery delivery service type mm. stock because people are gonna become if this thing continues oh, yeah. in the hype people will become more and more recluse and not want to go out to shopping at Walmart or. Yeah. Or the you know the grocery stores they're going to do more and more online shopping. I think the thing that I'm most worried about is you know it's beginning summertime, spring summer. That's when we have a lot of weddings. Did you realize that eighty percent of the world's 
wedding dresses, the U.S.'s wedding wedding dresses come from China. 80%. Holy crap. 80% everything comes from China. What are, what are these poor brides going to wear? I think we need to w- be worried about that. Yeah. Prom dresses? Well, maybe guys. Yeah, well, maybe maybe they'll maybe they'll take it take it a notch back and quit doing these twenty five thousand dollars ridiculous weddings. <laughs> I mean, all our medicine comes from China. You know, know yeah, majority of our medicine mm, that that scares me. That that <laughs> scares me that we have no backup plan for that. I mean, they're a good a good portion. Like of Canada, our, they have medicine, right? That's the. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess the other thing that we <laughs> the other thing that we're not thinking about is the Tokyo Olympics. We're going to go to Wacky News, brought to you by Eighteen Twelve Barbecue. You need a fantastic caterer at your next event. Check out our friends at 1812 Barbecue. Um, guys, this is a, a true story. And so we also need to put this on with, no pun intended, kid gloves. Um, Dick Pound, which is the actual man's name, will decide if the coronavirus cancels the Tokyo Olympics. So he's saying that the Tokyo Olympics could get shafted. Okay, there's no way to do this without breaking into giggles, so let's just stop beating around the bush and get straight to the point. The Olympic Committee member Dick Pound said the Tokyo Olympics could be canceled due to the coronavirus outbreak. According to AP, Dick Pound says the Tokyo Olympic organizers had better think long and hard about how they're handling the coronavirus outbreak or the committee will likely cancel the event altogether rather than postpone it or pulling out. The, long-stand, the longest standing member of the IOC estimates that there will be a two or three month window in deciding whether the Tokyo Olympics will be canceled or not, saying, A lot of things have to start happening. You've got to start ramping up your security, your food, the Olympic Village, the hotels. The media folks will be there building their studios. Being a former professional swimmer, it's clear that Dick Pound isn't trying to shaft the Tokyo Olympics. He's merely erecting genuine concerns over the safety of all the athletes and those attending. While the truth about the coronavirus spreading is a hard to swallow, Dick Pound says pretty optimistic that the Tokyo Olympics will continue as normal and encourage the 11,000 or so athletes attending to keep training. As for why the IOC doesn't just postpone the Tokyo Olympics, Dick Pound says pulling out isn't an option and nailed the argument right away by saying, you just don't postpone something on the size and scale of the Olympics. There's just so many moving parts, so many countries and different seasons and competitive seasons and the television seasons. You can't just say, we'll do it in October. Dick Pound then laid down the hammer hard on why one-year delay isn't a possibility, saying that Japan is spending a whopping $19 billion to host the Tokyo Olympics, and they expect to have a good time rather than a premature cancellation. Guys, the uh, the Tokyo Olympics could be over. That's for you for keeping a straight face the whole time you're reading that. I just want to say, well, the uh, I'm, uh, this writer should get the award for the most innuendo puns you could get in one stinking article. That's a good one. So what were they talking about? I didn't even understand. I couldn't even. Olympic. Like, I'll be honest. Olympics. Who cares? I'm just listening. I know there's people. I know there's people that are diehard <laughs> Olympic fans, but I could care less. I like watching the Olympics. Like I'll have it on and just like during like while I'm working. I think financially for the town, the city that has it, they they end up regretting it 
five years down the road because you see all these yeah. stadiums. That, yeah, empty yeah. stuff. I did that like in Africa or South America. A Russia. Look at so, yeah. like uh, Sochi uh, where they did oh, the yeah. Winter Olympics. I mean, that that's like a deserted town. I think like eight people live there or something now, you know? Yeah. Bobsled with them if they want to. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the Jamaican bobsled team hey, practices. Hey, let's go bobsledding. <laughs> okay, Dad. Uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, we had Mardi Gras, you know, kicked off. Um, and one particular float has caused a stir on social media. The float reportedly shows a paper mache Epstein in a prison jumpsuit with a woman that resembles Hillary Clinton appearing to strangle him from behind. Adding uh, on the side of the float says Epstein didn't kill himself. One social media media user also noted that the float was followed by the swinging Epsteins, which consisted of a bunch of convicted Jeffreys walking down the street with nooses around their necks. I just thought that was funny. I, I love it how this this meme has entered the the zeitgeist of our conversations and everything that we do now. It, it still <laughs> it still hasn't died. No no bad pun intended, <laughs> but it still keeps going. And I, I love that because this is the discussion we should be having with this until we find some real answers. I mean, you know, when they leak the new photo or the, the autopsy thing comes out, it just kind of proves this whole conspiracy theory that Epstein didn't kill himself. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. And then to hit the Mardi Gras stage. I didn't realize it was Mardi Gras. Like, I saw oh. the float. I was yeah. like, oh, that's funny. Well, today is Ash Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, well, okay. Again, I don't follow that stuff. <laughs> we need to work on that. <laughs> I need a calendar for like this is an important <laughs> there, date. There is a calendar. Is this? It's not on my calendar. <laughs> oh, I just thought that. the 1812 barbecue story started over 20 years ago when Eric and his dad started entering local barbecue competitions for fun. During that time, Eric, a United States Marine, has traveled all over the world picking up flavors and techniques that today is the unique flavor of the award-winning 1812 barbecue. He has honed his craft to bring you fall-off-the-bone pulled pork, mouth-watering ribs, and finely crafted beef brisket. Eric has developed his own amazing dry rub and delicious barbecue sauce. And let's not forget the sides. Coleslaw, smoked Gouda mac and cheese, cowboy baked beans, and to top it all off, banana pudding and pecan pie for dessert. Getting hungry yet? Good. Call or email Eric at 1812-BARBECUE and he can make your next catered meal happen. Wedding and graduation parties, family reunions, and other events will be memorable with 1812 Barbecue. Want to try your own hand at smoking meats? Pick up your own 1812 dry rub and start the journey for yourself. Shipping all over the world, connect with Eric on his Facebook page, Instagram at 1812 Barbecue, or call 704-604-5148 or email eric at eric.line at 1812barbecue.com and he'll be glad to help any way he can. Um, the last one, a woman performed a spiritual ritual on a dead possum in the road, demanding that it repent. Um, Waukesha, yeah, Waukesha police on Monday afternoon received calls that a woman was performing a spiritual ritual on a dead possum in the road along the intersection of Springdale and Blue Mound. The woman who apparently stopped and got out of her car when she saw the possum <laughs> threw goldfish at it. <laughs> and when and when 
and windshield washer fluid on the dead animal. According to the police call log, the, the woman then pulled out a, a Green Bay Packers lawn chair out of her car and yelled, repent at the possum, the log said. The caller, who had uh, been following the woman's vehicle before the incident, said the driver's behavior was erratic. Oh, you don't say. Uh, the possum was then removed from the roadway, the report said. Were there methamphetamines involved? <laughs> That's the question. Was no. there alcohol or drugs involved? No. She got. She was throwing goldfish at the dead possum. <laughs> Two things I have in my trunk are goldfish and window washer fluid. <laughs> I wonder what flavor. And she's yelling, repent at the dead possum. Oh, Guys, man. I couldn't. I. What That's would you funny. do in that scenario? Uh YouTube, I mean, videotape oh, that yeah. junk, right? One hundred percent. Where's the video of that? You don't just watch that you happen. You gotta capture that mm-hmm. and get on Good Morning America. Sure, right. guys. That, I mean, that next to Bigfoot would be the two times I would whip out my phone and let's start recording. Those are the only two things. Woman resuscitating. Oh, no, she wasn't resuscitating. That would have been funnier. But that uh, would have been better. Uh, exercising, extra. Yeah, that's the word. Exercising the demons. Yeah, from the well, possum. The I mean, possum. that would be one of the. Like the goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> once she once she opened that thing and started getting the goldfish out of it, like, oh. The shirt wasn't like is, holy water? This is gold. And not like washer fluid? It was just like. I mean, you kinda, you're kind of you not going to put holy water in a washer fluid container. I don't, I'm just asking questions. Okay. All right. I mean, I think of what two things you might have at church. If you go to church, <laughs> it might be holy water and goldfish. Well, you know, if you go to this church, you're going to have donuts and then grapefruit juice. Or not grapefruit, grapefruit juice. Grapefruit juice. But, grape juice. Yeah. I mean, grapes are fruit, and it has a juice. So I guess that's I guess where you're going there. Golly, tough crowd tonight. Uh, producer Brian, do you have any uh, SFP headline promos? Oh yeah, this week on this old Southern Fried headlines, I don't have my document open. Um, a big t- dog wearing a tie becomes mayor of a small Colorado t- town. Uh, a- Is it a Trump tie? No, it's just a big dog. A wearing, he's, just, he's wearing a tie and glasses, and he gets, he's a mayor of Colorado town. Uh, Five-hour hostage situation in an Irish, Irish prison is diffused with a Mars bar. Of course. Um, a woman is accused of robbing a 7-Eleven, and then later she comes back and tries to uh, rob them or use movie money to buy more stuff <laughs> in the same clothes. Uh, <laughs> there, a naked man got on the red line in Chicago and disappeared. Oh. Uh, a woman with a bullet in her head. Yeah, like the, apparently they shut down. They rerouted all this traffic because some naked dude got on the subway. Uh-huh. So first of all, they made it go up on the L line instead of like through the city. Okay. Or underneath the city. And then they couldn't find the dude. Oh, like, snap. Chicago, it's February. Snap. It's probably colder than it is here, I imagine. Yeah. Anyway. Snap. Yeah. Uh, a woman with a bullet in her head is given a Band-Aid to the hospital. <laughs> And then McGruff, the crime dog. Hey, buddy. Gets 16 years in prison. <laughs> so, Come on, McGruff. Yeah. So, those are over on the Southern Fried Headlines. They'll be up in the morning. By the time you hear this episode, mm-hmm. they are alive and ready for consumption. I really do enjoy that podcast. Well, somebody does. <laughs> I've also started tweeting out like just different stuff I see during the week that doesn't necessarily go on the show because I don't oh. want to read it all. But I've been posting some random stupid links. Nice. So follow the Twitters and the Facebook, and you'll see those there. Will do. 
All right, so let's go into some hot topics brought to you by Hook, Line, and Heroes, a 501c3 organization that uh, provides uh, fishing trips and a relationship with God to our veterans. You all right there, Producer Brian? Yeah, I'm just looking ahead on the, the document here. That's all. Um, before it gets hotter, remember the sea otters. In Tucson, Arizona, the Center for Biological Diversity gave away more than 40,000 free endangered species, should we say prophylactics? Oh, I'm not spilling that on the show notes. Yeah, no, but, don't okay. do that. Uh, on Valentine's <laughs> Day, the most uh, hello time satisfied cities in the country to help couples consider population growth threats to wildlife and the planet. The colorful packages uh, include species threatened by human population growth with slogans like, wrap with care, save the polar bear, and when you're feeling tender, think about the hellbender. They will be distributed by the center staff and volunteers of Indianapolis, Fort Wayne, Cincinnati, Salt Lake City, and San Antonio, Denver, Austin, Boise, Chicago, and Columbus, Ohio. These cities deemed to be men's health, top-rated 10 cities for Hello Time Satisfaction. Were those cities included in the, the poll we None saw last week? None of those week? were in the poll. Okay, best places to live? None. You'd think that would be related. You would think. Right, okay. That would be uh, one of the top top things to do. Um, during Valentine's Day, they sent these these condoms out. Oh, I just said it. I just said the word. Oh, so no. There we go. Oh, no. Oh, uh, we just you lost did. our you explicit. Didn't. We just lost our explicit rating. Uh, anyway, so they're color, colorful packages. Guys, would this help with the hello time, you think? Help? <laughs> I, I still don't even understand. <laughs> So we're going to protect the endangered species by producing colorful one-time use products that can enter up in, end up in the environment. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what totally I love about story. Yeah. So this is a nonprofit organization <laughs> that probably received government funds, tax dollars uh-huh. to print these. No. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah, this totally makes sense. Yep. Yeah. We're trying to yeah. reduce human population yeah. by just messing up more environment. Yeah. Got it. I mean, it check. It, if to be more effective, the animal should be represented on the product. Like, it, <laughs> like should, be, it should be a polar sure. bear, right? Yeah, right. I agree. Or uh, was the sea otter? Was that one of them? Do you, here's yeah. here are the list of these. So, can't refrain. Remember the whooping crane. Before it gets hotter, remember the sea otter. Wrap with care. Save the polar bear. Uh, fumbling in the dark. Think of the monarch. Mm. That's the, the butterfly for those who can't keep up. Right. Yeah. Uh, for the sake of the horned lizard, slow down the love wizard. <laughs> when you're feeling tender, think of the hellbender. Those were those were the uh, packages. Just put a hat on Herman the one-eyed German. <laughs> you could have came up with some more cre- creative names like Frankie the French Tickler. I just have a show title here. Uh. (laughs) Um, This seems like one of the most pathetic attempts to save the planet that I, that I've ever heard of. I admire the chutzpah, (laughs) but come on. Remember this? This is like a bad, 
this would be like a bad box of like gar animals or something, you know, this, <laughs> the sea otter and Bushy the beaver and it, Cletus the clam and uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> this is horrible. This is like a bad circus graham, graham cracker animal box. It's like the things that didn't make the cut during church. So we got these, these Pornhub.com animal crackers. The 1812 barbecue story started over 20 years ago when Eric and his dad started entering local barbecue competitions for fun. During that time, Eric, a United States Marine, has traveled all over the world picking up flavors and techniques that today is the unique flavor of the award-winning 1812 barbecue. He has honed his craft to bring you fall-off-the-bone pulled pork, mouth-watering ribs, and finely crafted beef brisket. Eric has developed his own amazing dry rub, and delicious barbecue sauce. And let's not forget the sides. Coleslaw, smoked Gouda mac and cheese, cowboy baked beans, and to top it all off, banana pudding and pecan pie for dessert. Getting hungry yet? Good. Call or email Eric at 1812barbecue, and he can make your next catered meal happen. Wedding and graduation parties, family reunions, and other events will be memorable with 1812barbecue. Want to try your own hand at smoking meats? Pick up your own 1812 dry rub and start the journey for yourself. Shipping all over the world, connect with Eric on his Facebook page, Instagram at 1812 Barbecue, or call 704-604-5148 or email eric at eric.line at 1812barbecue.com and he'll be glad to help any way he can. <laughs> it's a box that you can get at the website of different animals. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <coughs> and a recyclable box. <laughs> One time use. The clam. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, speaking of clammy things, let's talk about the Democratic National Debate. Mm. Mm. Did uh, It was in South Carolina this past week. Uh, did you guys take a gander at any of it? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. I, yeah. I watched all three three hours, by the way. Did you really? I did. Congratulations. Thank you. Were That's you awesome. like in a chair, like duct tape well, what, with your eyes peeled what's your, what's your take on it? Give us some I, I, uh Well, I didn't, let me, I should say I had it on for three and a half hours. I watched about 10 minutes and then I fell asleep. I'm just kidding. Um, I thought, I mean, at the get-go, everybody was like, hmm, no pardon attending. They were lynching um, Bernie Sanders. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Mm. Um, they were all over him trying to just, you know, bring him down, trying to call out names and all that kind of stuff. Um, to, can I be honest with you? Mm -hmm. I think the one that made the most sense, and I know I'm, I'm not voting for him, but I think out of, out of all of those candidates, I think the one that made the most sense was Bloomberg. Well, what did he say that? I, I think, and here's the thing. Every one of them said the phrase, I can beat Trump. Mm -hmm. All of them just said, I can beat Trump. I can beat Trump. Bloomberg was the only one that said, I can work with other Republicans and Democrats to get bills passed. Everybody was all about just beating Trump, beating Trump, beating Trump. He was the only one that seemed like he was willing to actually do some work and um, and, and cross party lines. He was brought, even brought out on the debate how he helped fund some of the Republican uh, candidates, 
in other elections mm. with his own money. So um, to me, it feels like that he would probably be the one that could cross party lines a little bit more than Warren or Sanders or, or, or Biden. Here's mm. the, ultimately, it's going to come down to Sanders, Bloomberg, Biden, and Mayor Pete on if, if there's a wild hair that goes crazy. Um, out of all three of those, Sanders is going to be horrible for, for the country. Biden hasn't done anything even while he was VP or anything else. But he was there. He was there on on Obama's coattail. Um, now, I don't agree with most of the policies that Bloomberg has put into place, but maybe there could be some back and forth between him and somebody else. So, Ryan? I didn't watch it. I can't stomach any of that crap. So, um, <laughs> I think watching them especially interact where they kind of got all talking, you know, the, the moments where they're all talking and stuff, there'd be like running out of pudding at the geriatric <laughs> nursing home. And they're all, all of a sudden they only have one flavor left. And then all of a sudden all the geriatric with, of course they got that one young nephew, nephew happened to show up on Sunday that one time a month. But yeah, they all just look like at just a pissed off fisticuff. Right. Um, also I, I've also determined that the, and you can send all your e- damaging emails to hateful emails to me, but I think pretty much if you, they're pandering to the majority democratic base that claim they're Democrats, the people that don't know how to manage money, work for a living and won't just want more free stuff mm. because that's, I mean, you look at Bernie and Bernie was asked by, I think. Anderson Cooper, how are you going to pay for universal health care? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's $30 trillion, but it's got to be done. Okay, that's just one flipping plan that this guy has, $30 trillion for universal health care. And, of course, the, what we need here, Rick, is universal health care <laughs> and butterscotch pudding. <laughs> well, that, they probably, yeah, that's, that's, probably the only, that's probably the only flavor they have. But um, I like butterscotch. And, and then universal child care. Of course, everything's universal. Universal child care, universal free education, you know, debt forgiveness. It's just all free, 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 right, free. Sure. So, I, I honestly, I think they're pandering to the base of just people that don't want to be financially responsible. They just want free stuff. And that's, uh, I mean, I, I'll debate anybody all day long. Bloomberg, um, he, he openly admitted that basically he bought candidates into position. <laughs> he did, by the way. I mean, basically, like, I, yeah, I, I, got these people elected he came out of nowhere like right well it's because of money know, because he has inserted nowhere, so much cash I, I don't follow this stuff closely right out of like in the last two three months yeah bloomberg bloomberg like everywhere i know it's because yeah. he's bought everything but just out of nowhere yeah I no he, he he's in... he's basically buying i think a 17 per 17 points right now in south carolina just off of the ad dumps because he's not been eligible in all these other states nevada uh, some of these other caucus states. Mm-hmm. He's not been eligible at all, but South Carolina is kind of his his uh, fire line right now. Um, but he's trying to buy it. And he's also trying to buy Texas too. He's spent a boatload of cash in mm-hmm. Texas trying to get it. But just think of the organizations he's trying to buy to f- influence policy. He's bought the Moms Against Guns of America, mm-hmm. whatever the organization is. I can't remember now. Basically, the the anti NRA organization. Every town or whatever. He he's basically has paid funded so much money into that organization to change policy and, you know, 
basically constitutional amendments. That's what he's trying to, you know, that's the hill he wants to die on. I don't know. I just, it, it, man, I don't know. It's just like trying to, it's like flaring up a hemorrhoid when you watch a Democrat debate, man. It's just, it rubs me wrong. It just does because, um, yeah, these people who Bloomberg, who is an elitist, actually has done something with his life. He actually started companies and this and that. Tom mm-hmm. Steyer has actually done this. They've mm-hmm. actually put some of their money where their mouth is, and that's some admirable traits. But they're elitist. Bloomberg infamously quoted what a couple of years ago that farmers doesn't take anything to be a farmer. All you do is put uh, you know poke a hole in the ground, put a seed, water, and let the sun sun and climate do the rest of the stuff. I mean, that's basically all you got to do. I mean, so basically he insulted every person that's a blue-collar worker that's not some elitist white-collar hedge fund you know, manager that he's basically, you know, basically is what he's – he. I mean, Bloomberg's an elitist. I mean, he doesn't care about sure. the average working Joe. I mean, he doesn't. But as far as some of the things I think is working apart across party lines, sure, I think he could. You know, the little weasel, I think he could, so – it was just, it was interesting. And then there was a lot, and I, I know that they're pandering because most of the questions around like uh, half to three-fourths of the entire debate was centered around race in, in North, oh, South God. Carolina. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> I mean, there was just a lot of, of talk about that. Uh, and so, you know, they're kind of pandering to the— Well, I, I think what's either 80 or 85 percent of the registered Democrat voters in South Carolina are black. Mm, yeah. Okay, I yeah. mean, that's it. So I, I love how you have, what, seven white people on the stage that's basically, we, you know, also apolo- yeah. Yeah, apologizing for being white, but, you know, also speaking that, oh, yeah, we can speak towards speak towards these issues. Yeah. I mean, when, when, I hate making victims out of nothing. I mean, we're, we're sitting there trying to basically saying, you know what? Yeah, you are not the majority of the, of the ethnic group. Therefore, you're a victim. No, that's not how victimhood works. Mm. We don't, I mean, just uh, the pandering, especially when it comes to race and pandering when it comes to free stuff, just absolutely it just wants me to gouge my ears and eyes out. <laughs> Does anybody have anything else that they wanted to, to say about it? I just thought, I mean, it was just everybody yelling at each other, which that was the first part. <laughs> that's the fun part. That And that was the fun part. Everybody. Uh, Reminds me of Christmas morning. Well, and I think one of the the fun the fun parts was when uh, Bloomberg called out Sanders and said that, that uh, Putin's trying to buy his race too. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was <laughs> a good one liner. I don't know what you're talking about there, Bloomberg. Um. Anyway, I, th- I thought we just it was fun. It was a fun thing just to watch. Um. All right. One other thing. This was my clickbait for the week. Uh, four lawmakers vote against House Bill to make lynching a federal hate crime cite government overreach. I'm just going to read that, that well, title back to you. Oh, okay, yeah. And then that. get your thoughts. Do that, yeah. Four lawmakers vote against the House bill to make lynching a federal hate crime cite government overreach. Your initial thoughts when you when you hear that. Well, the the clickbait headline makes you think, "Oh, these bastards." Right. Okay. Yep, but if you actually click the link and, re- and find out who they are, yep, Justin Amash is one of them. Uh, Thomas Massey was another. These are two stalwarts of libertarianism, and they don't want government overreaching extra extra penalties. Um, Mr. Brian, can, can I get your thought, everybody's thoughts, and then we'll go back to 
the actual article. Oh, well, that, that clickbait is, uh, that's pretty inflammatory. Because, <laughs> <laughs> right. right. I mean, well, yeah. Who, who, who doesn't want lynching to be a crime? Yeah, you know? that's like I guess it sounds like it's going to be one of those where a bunch of other stuff is bundled in one bill and that just happens you would to think? yeah. Magic Man, any thoughts? Media doing their same old games again, trying to yep. make money off of uh, clicks. Yep. It's so I just clicked on it because you know because of that. Yep. <laughs> Ted, you said so. Ted Yoho, which by the way, I would vote for him just because of Yoho. Chocolate beverage is delicious. L- Louis Gomart <laughs> of Texas, uh, Massey of Kentucky, and Justin Amash. Of uh, Michigan, are the are the four? So mm-hmm. go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just oh no, to... no, no. Go ahead. no I I think uh, sometimes these bills have the the great intent and name only. But when you look at some of these bills, like number one, it, a crime is a crime. A lynching is a crime already. Right. Correct. I mean, it, you can't go out just like willy nilly. Like, ah, hey, you know what? Today's talk. Today's Taco Tuesday. Tomorrow's Lynching Wednesday. I mean, it's not <laughs> like you can go out and do that. I mean, right. we don't live in the freaking purge. So it's already a crime, and then when you elevate these things to to, to hate, you you limit free speech. I mean, and I know that kind of sounds like crazy talk, but no. you know, now we are so sensitive on certain things in protected classes that literally language is considered a hate crime. Mm-hmm. Like you can be pissed off at someone, not know their their sexual identity or gender preference and then and then all of a sudden say something and bam you're you're in the midst of a hate crime i mean it it, this is where it goes and that's the reason why they voted against it Mm -hmm. yeah the initial gut reaction um by the way it passed 410 to four of course it did i mean 410 people uh voted for it uh they said that it's an overreach of the federal government encroaching on the state's rights the legislation, if enacted, would add lynching to the list of current criminal civil rights violations. Um, the four basically were stating that it already falls under um, criminal uh, jurisdiction of the states and that they would then be able to then punish them from a state level versus a national federal level. Also, um, creating federal crimes for matters that are normally handled by the state obscures the government, federal or state to be responsible for investigating and uh, prosecuting the crime, it gives power, this is, uh, this is key, gives power to unelected federal officials whom voters can't directly hold accountable, Amash wrote in a series of tweets. So <clears throat> your elected state officials can be held responsible. Some of the federal uh, uh, officials that aren't elected won't ever be held responsible if it doesn't get prosecuted. You know it should be a hate crime? Twitter. Us working until... April the 15th tax day till we actually see our own income come in the that next, you know, April 16th is like the break even day where you're like, all right, yeah, actually the fruits of my labor are actually now going to my pocket. Mm-hmm. That's, that Appreciate should be a hate you. crime right there. <laughs> you work four months of the year basically for the government. That's yeah. a hate crime. It is. It is frustrating. Yeah. Producer Brian, you had um, talking, you wanted to talk about political endorsements. Yeah, so, you know, with all these light topics we have here tonight. Yeah, easy peasy. Uh, I, you know, again, I crawled out from Iraq last week, and I uh, saw some. I just saw, I think the first one I saw was like the Observer was endorsing, maybe it wasn't the Observer, a candidate. I okay. forget who it was. Like a newspaper was saying, we endorse this person. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of tilted my head. Like, I think it's been happening for a long time, but I've never okay. 
noticed it. Okay. So I don't know if you guys have talked about this in the past or Mm-mm. if anyone ever talks about it, or you just kind of go, oh, the silly newspapers and, you know, <laughs> it keeps going or not. But it's just, I, I saw that and I saw a tweet today about, uh, I think it was like the Boston Globe was endorsing Warren or something like that. It's like, I read half the article and I was like, what, what is, what are they, I mean, that's not your job, right? As a newspaper and a gotcha. media, I don't know. I think we need to hold the media to higher accountability for each of themselves, you know. Yeah. They're all pushing the agenda. They're all selling ads. They're not trying to inform anymore. I think news and journalism died when Ted, Tom Brokaw retired. Like, <clears throat> like, there's no more journalism. Well, actually, I think he retired because he was caught lying. <laughs> oh, was that it? Dan Rather, was he okay? Oh, maybe Dan Rather. Yeah. Maybe Dan Rather. Who am I thinking of? Maybe it was Dan Rather. He was like the, he was the good one, right? He had, he had a great voice. One. I know that. Yeah. yeah. I but journalism's just. You, there, no, there's no such thing as general. See, the reason why we have freedom of speech also is a protection of the press, the freedom of the press. That's part of the freedom of speech. You know, we've we've always held our press what we consider the fourth estate, something that was part of the separate and a part of the government to keep everybody accountable. We don't have that anymore. Mm. That's the reason why you have, quote, unquote, alternative news now. You have other places you can, you can get your source, your information, versus just these, these you know, landmarks that have been around for 100-plus years. I mean, uh, I think that we don't hold them accountable. We do hit the clickbaits. Mm-hmm. You know, we... I mean, like, really, come on. When's the last time anyone's ever been influenced by a, a newspaper endorsement for a candidate? I think uh, New York Times. I think their track record right now is they haven't picked a they haven't picked a, stri- a straight candidate or whatever on a, an endorsement in like sixty three years or something. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, like, because I think New York Times came out. This is the pandering of the times. I think New York Times or New York Post. I can't remember. Came out pandering. Uh, they couldn't full, put their full uh, the full swing of their uh, of their endorsement behind elizabeth warren so they have you know they put half of their support against uh or uh, with elizabeth warren and then just to cover their bases on the other side of the community of the of the minority they covered uh pete booty uh pete booty so just to cut that way they have all the minority you got the you got the Cherokee Nation vote. You mm-hmm. got the woman vote. You got yeah. the gay vote. You got the all around. Uh, it's yeah. a pie chart. Yeah, really. yeah. So you pretty much get covered. Yeah, and I think about the people that, like, the actual journalists that probably work at these papers that may be a Republican or may not, but like, they don't agree with what the paper is doing. Like, your employer is making this blanket statement. Yeah. yeah. How do you swallow that, right? If you're really into politics, you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's questions to be asked. You know, what's frustrating me about political season one the ads and then two like all the extra crap in the mail i'm getting like i'm getting all these giant postcards for vote for this person vote for and i just i just throw them maybe they should put endangered species on them (laughs) oh there we go remember the clam clever makes it vote for sam if you want to rock out with your (laughs) (laughs) or you want to jam out with your clam out yeah if you want to Yang, what was the Yang one? You want to <laughs> Yang out? Yang out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, follow the rhyme. What's the, <laughs> uh, the listeners can complete that oh, one no. themselves. Yeah. It's a choose your own adventure Mad Libs. Uh, anyway, so that's going to wrap up our show. It probably needs to wrap, wrap up anyway. Ah, I see what uh, you did. Uh, go ahead. 
and send us out. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Go to our Facebook page, Southern Fry Philosophy. Give us a like there. Share Also share our page. Um, if you can, go to our website, southernfryphilosophy.com. We have our playable links. Um, you can find us on the Googles, uh, Google Play, the iTunes, the Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just go there, hit a subscribe, a review, give us a rating. Also, don't forget, sign up to be an organ donor. I'm about to almost celebrate my fourth anniversary. Is it really four yeah, years? Yeah, four years. It'll be March 26th. So four years, still kicking. Wow. Keep, and it keeps it ticking and a licking, whatever. Appreciate you guys. Uh, and as always, keep looking up. <laughs>